listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Wow, worship was on fire today, right? Can I get an amen? Thank you, worship team. That was amazing. Uh, it's also appropriate that we have such a, as the millennials say, lit worship service because uh, we're talking today, kicking off a brand new series of Why Church. And of course, worship, musical worship, is just a small but essential part of the answer to that question. Um, what we're trying to do with this series is shake us out of the cultural stereotypes that church has. And that applies for people that are new to church and people that are old to church. In fact, for all different levels of churchhood, so to speak, in your lives, this series applies. Why? Because some of the older people that have been, and I don't mean older age-wise, but some of those that have been longer in church sometimes can clock it in, meaning sometimes they show up to church to perform the routine because it's just part of our everyday week, right? We go to church on the weekend. That's the routine that we're accustomed to. And in fact, we, when we justify it in our heads, we say, well, that's what Jesus wants us to do. So we do it. But while it is true that Jesus wants us to be with the church, there is a profound reason to the why he wants us to be in church. Why he wants us to be part in participation of this thing we call the church. And so often when I talk to people in outside of church or in society that have maybe tasted a little bit of what church is, you often get the question, why church? And what I've found is that why church is typically rooted in cultural impressions of the concept of church. For example, outdated People will say, why go to church if it's an outdated concept or institution? Aren't people at church hypocritical? Aren't people at church judgmental? Isn't church just man-made, organized religion? Isn't it a religious institution? Isn't it just tradition for the sake of tradition? I mean, if I want to connect with God, why do I need church? I can just pray to God every day. These are common questions and objections that people bring up to it. Or is church simply this building? There's a large, or let's say there is a, there is a big sector of the population that thinks that church is a house where we meet because God's presence is contained in there. And what we want to do today and it, throughout this series is dismiss all of those stereotypes and kind of light a fire to our soul as to why we come to church or why we are church, rather. So I hope that regardless of where you are in that walk, that you would reignite the old flames. And for those of you that haven't experienced it, that you'd actually start experiencing church. See, there's something fascinating about church Two people could be here today, and one of them is experiencing church, and the other one isn't. But they're in the same room. So why is that true? Why is it that some people experience church, and other people who come here, or to any other local church, come to church regularly, never really experience the full power of church? 
That's what we hope to do. It is my hope that God, through this series, will show you that church is what church is and thus demolish the stereotypes we have about church. The incorrect stereotypes that we have about church are not the church Jesus died for. That's a humble reminder. Jesus died for the church, and that means he died for us individually. But we need to be reminded of that in Ephesians 5, in verse 25, while he's speaking to Christians about how to have uh, marriages that model the relationship between Jesus and his church, Paul reminds us that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. When I hear that, I think, well, Jesus didn't give himself up out of love for something that's a religious institution outdated, or traditional, or anything of the sort. That's ludicrous. So church, church is much more than what society has come to understand or, or assume and conclude about church. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See, I have experienced both phases of the secular understanding of church and the new understanding of church under the word of God. I grew up in a religious environment, and I grew up thinking of church as a religious institution and as a physical building more than anything. I thought church was a physical building where God's presence is to be found. So I could pray to God, but if I wanted a deeper connection, I would go to the physical building. Back then, I, would, I, was, I was going to a Catholic church, and I felt that God would get angry if I missed Mass. And not necessarily that he would get angry, but that I would be sinning by missing one mass or a service. Um, but Jesus, he immediately challenged us to the concept of a building holding the presence of God. That's kind of how it used to be before Jesus. But he tells us something radically different. In fact, when Jesus arrived, he started new things. He started new covenants, new promises, new ways of doing things. And one of them was a church. See, the church is not a building. That much is obvious. I think everyone can agree with that, that a building doesn't define church. So the church is not a building. Jesus inaugurated a radical type of church. In John 4 we see an exchange that Jesus has with a woman in which they're discussing this very concept. She was used to the fact that whether you were a Samaritan or you were an Israelite, you had a place of worship that you would go to to encounter God. That's what she was used to. And she's asking Jesus about this. Don't you say you're supposed to go and worship here, but we worship over here? And Jesus says, look, church is not about location." Let's listen to Jesus in verse 21 of chapter 4. He says, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. And in verse 23, he says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He inaugurated a new uh, age of the church. It's not location-restricted. The church is something else, therefore. And we're being told that we must worship in spirit and in truth. That means that to to fully experience what church is, we have to 
receive that Holy Spirit that he promises to, the, to, to those of us who believe in Jesus. New age, a new age, a new beginning, a new type of church, not a building. See, and here's what's fascinating. Not just experiencing church, some people here are not in church today. Could be, I don't know. <laughs> but people could walk through this door. Maybe everyone here is in the church. But people could walk through this door today, sit in those chairs, and not be in church. Let that sink in. You could be in this service every week and not be in church. Why? Because church is not a building, it is not a culture, it is not a practice, it is not even this service. It is a collection, an assembly, a family of believers. And so the only way you are inaugurated into this new family, this radical concept of a church, is if you've come through repentance to believe in Jesus Christ. That means you've acknowledged that you're sinful and that you'll never be able to save yourself from the penalty due to you. But rather, you've acknowledged that Jesus died for you and that you need his salvation. That's all it takes. It is a giving up to Jesus and saying, save me because I can't save myself. Transform me because I can't be good enough. Not just forgive me, but transform me. That is what brings you into church. Here's the thing, because of that, there are people that are not here today and they are in church, right? Because church is the family, the assembly of believers. In fact, church, the Greek word I think is ecclesia, which refers to that very thing, like an assembly. It is us gathering together as believers to worship, to proclaim the truth of God, and to experience God in ways that we can't outside of the collection of believers, Church is the assembly or family of believers. That's what church is. It's not these walls. And that's why people in poor countries and people where there's no running water, no electricity today are gathered at church because they are a collection of believers. And they don't have the blessing that we have that we can use a PowerPoint to better illustrate what I'm talking about or that we can have an awesome worship experience. But they have just an amazing one with a simple, maybe not great guitar that's maybe not tuned well, and singing that's really pitchy, and not that production that we're used to. And they are gathered in church glorifying God, and, and God is being glorified through the church. His presence is there. Church is the assembly or family of believers. That's why I sometimes hate saying I'm going to church. I kind of hate that. I'm not going to church on Sunday. I'm going to service. I'm going to the church service, but I'm not going to church. I am part of the church. Church is a lifestyle. It is a family that you're part of. I'm still my father's son, whether he lives in Puerto Rico and I live here, right? So I'm still part of the family. The church is not the building nor the service. The service is part of what a church does. It is that assembly that gathers together to worship and learn and experience God together. Here's where we learn about this new definition. It's not just something I'm saying. It's in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
we're going to read verses 12 and 13 and then verse 27. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's going to be on the screen for you if you need to read it there. So starting in verse 12, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, so race doesn't matter, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. In verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That's the church. That's what the church is. Together we're one body. Now there's many analogies in the New Testament of of the Bible that talk about what church is like, the relationship between Jesus and the church. Today we're focusing on the body analogy. The one that says that we are all together forming the body of Christ on earth. That's the analogy that we're sticking to today as you can see in those verses. We are the body of Christ and individually we are members of it. So again, this is why it frustrates me sometimes, and I say it all the time. Oh yeah, I can't on Sunday. I'm going to church. I'm going to service. I'm going to the church service. I'm going to worship. worship. I'm going to worship, but I, I am the church. I, we are the church, right? I'm not going to church. We are the church. So even in our vocabulary, we sometimes lose that notion. No matter how churched you are, how long you've been part of a church, you still sometimes catch yourself thinking that way subconsciously because we are religious in nature but jesus broke religion he snapped the back of religion and said worship in spirit and truth not religion worship in spirit and truth so the question that we also find from society that i mentioned earlier then is okay i get it so that you are part of the church if you're a believer so if i become a believer today i'm part of the church But why do I have to come on Sundays to this location? Why do I have to do life with other people? Why can't I just worship God if now I'm in the family of God? If now I can pray to God and there's no obstruction, my sins are forgiven, why do I have to come on Sundays? Why? Why show up? See, the problem is that in that question, people assume that they can fully experience Jesus Christ outside of the assembly. And the Bible does something shocking. God, through his inspired word, tells us you will miss out. You will miss out on the full Jesus experience if you're not part of a body of believers. If you're not doing life with the assembly, with the ecclesia, with the church, if you're not doing life with them, you're missing out on the full Jesus experience. See, we are told in the Bible pretty much verbatim, that church is the fullness of Christ. That is the most important point you can take with you today. Because, again, churched or unchurched, old or new, we forget this or don't know this. If we treat church as if it is is the fullness of Christ, it is life-changing. Church is the fullness of Christ. Missing out on church life gives us an incomplete experience of Christ. I'm not talking about if you miss certain Sundays. We all do. Heck, I went to Comic-Con a few weeks ago, right? So we, we occasionally miss church, but that's not what I'm talking about. When I miss church, I'm upset because I missed it, because I missed out on what was 
happening that day, the glory of God being revealed. And what do I do? I go to the podcast and I try to listen to the messages I've missed. But see, again, church is not the service. It's much more than that. It is the body of believers. So we want to make sure that we are as hungry for church life as we are for the newest episode of whatever series we're watching. <laughs> Every Sunday on Facebook, I see people, hundreds of people hungry for that next episode. <laughs> They're so hungry. That's how, we should be hungrier than that for church life. Amen. Way hungrier. Because at the end of the day, the episode was produced by actors and it's fake. It's not real. Church life is real. Church life is where transformation happens, where people with addictions overcome their addictions, where people who are broken and feel under the weight of sin come to freedom, chains undone, and they walk into newness of life. And as a walking, uh, living representative of Jesus, a work in progress, but he's being transformed. She's changing the life of people around them. That's church, not an episode. It's not, it's way more than that. And we've got to be hungry for that life. It's not about missing a certain Sunday or another. That's not it. That's not what we're saying. Church is a lifestyle. It's a family. We have to be engaged with it. In Ephesians, we are taught precisely this, that church is the fullness of Christ. And we're going to break that down because that's the biggest key point that you can take with you today. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. And this week when, you, when you're maybe looking up something to read on the Bible, maybe you don't have a reading plan or Bible reading plan that you want to invest into, this should be what you should saturate your heart, at least this week as we're going into the next couple of weeks of the series. Verses 22 and 23 in chapter 1, we're told exactly what the church is with respect to Christ. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Jesus fills all. He fills everything in the universe. Everything. And there's so many layers to understanding how he fills everything that we can't talk about that right now. But here's the thing. The person who fills everything, his fullness is us. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? His fullness is us. The local church and all the other local churches here in Redlands that represent Jesus Christ and throughout the world, his fullness is captured on earth by the church, the big C church, the collection of local churches throughout the world. His fullness is through church. So the fullness of Christ, the full Jesus experience, is diminished when we diminish our church life, when we, when we treat it lightly, when we treat it as like, ah, yeah, when I get to it, when we check out of service when we're in service. Like, I mean, I'm not saying devices are bad. This is my iPad, and I'm using this for the sermon. But when we're distracted, and I've done it too, I've had to start turning my phone off so that I don't get distracted. Because I don't want to treat church lightly. This is the assembly of God, and His fullness is with us today. His fullness will be here evermore the moment we start realizing that and engaging in that. 
I found this commentary. Commentaries, by the way, are basically books or articles that are written by guys with PhDs in theology. So these are really smart guys that have engaged into doing research into the Bible. And so typically when we're trying to think about what we're going to talk about on Sunday or how to dissect a passage, we read a commentary. And so one of the most popular or uh, used commentaries uh, uh, of the book of Ephesians is by O'Brien. And here's what he says about the church. Uh, O'Brien says that Jesus is filling the church in a special way with his spirit, grace, and gifts. It is his fullness. So I want you to notice that. It's right there on the screen. Again, this is the name of that scholar, O'Brien. Again, one of the most uh, used uh, commentaries on the letter of Ephesians. But notice what he's saying here and that we can confirm through this passage Filling the church in a special way with his spirit, grace, and gifts. It is his fullness. We miss out on these things when church is treated lightly, when we value more other things or when we are hungrier for other things than we are for church life. We miss out on that fullness. See, as Lord over all, he fills everything But his filling of the church is different, another commentator says. Only the church, his body, only the church is his body, excuse me, and he rules it and fills it in a special way. What this means is that we as a church are entirely dependent on Christ. What makes us something significant, indeed glorious, is our relationship to Jesus. He fills the church with his presence. The presence of, of God is here. This, is a, this, was a, this that I just read is a, another commentary by Wearsby, who also quotes O'Brien. And again, it's surrounding this very passage that you're going to saturate your heart into this week. The fullness of Christ is the church. He fills the church with his presence. I have a direct relationship with God because of Jesus Christ every day, 24-7. And that's, that's a... That's a That's a privilege that I have as a son of God. I've become a son of God because of Jesus. But I can still miss out on everything God is planning and calling me to be if I'm not invested in church. I can still miss out on that. On everything that he's trying to bring me to. On on the growth that he wants for me. On the things that he's trying to teach me. Those things are experienced through the fullness of Christ in church. It's the only way. Church life includes all of the above things that we do to connect with God. Prayer, the word of God, uh, musical worship, etc. Fellowship, us gathering together and having a family. All of that is included in the package of church. Now, I, I want us to understand what we mean by presence here. Because isn't God omnipresent? He is. He's everywhere. So what do we mean when we say his presence is here? We mean something that some people call the manifest presence. God is everywhere. He's everywhere because he is outside space and time. He's outside of that. So he's everywhere. But what do we mean by his presence is here today? His manifest presence. That means measurable, right? When an atheist talks to me and he says, well, you just think you're encountering God at church. It's like a placebo effect. 
I tell them, no, no, this is measurable. People who really invest in church will say, there's no other way to explain what just happened than that was God. There's no other way. I've experienced it. Many of you have experienced it, which is why you're saying amen. Pastor Jason has experienced it. We've both been talking about how we've experienced this in the last three or four months where something happens through another believer in church that sheds light into my life. And I'm like, there's no other way. How did he, there's no other way. The probabilities would have to be zero for that to happen without a God. Measurable, manifest presence. This isn't a, oh, it feels nice. We're not saying that it's, God is present because the lights turn off and the production looks amazing. No, we're saying he's present here because we're measurably seeing how he's changing us, how he's challenging us, how he's growing us, and how he's answering prayers. God always answers prayers. They're not always the answers we want, but he always answers prayers. And if your ears are tuned out, tuned into God, and if you are invested in church life, you will see God answer all of your prayers eventually. You will see it. I guarantee it. We have to be invested into church as if that is true because it is. He will rock our socks off. He will show up. It will be a measurable manifestation of God. So again, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But when we say his fullness is in church, this is the manifest presence I know that was God here today. And something right now in your heart and your soul is saying yes, because he's here. Not because I'm preaching it or because Jason played the song or because uh, we have the people in the back, James, Carlos, and Dex. It's not because of that. It's because he's here in the fellowship, the assembly, the ecclesia of believers. He's here today, present, alive, and speaking to you, piercing your heart. He's saying, I'm here, and I'm answering your prayers. I'm part of your life. This is where you need to be, Amen. invested in this church, invested in the body of Christ. I gave myself up for this church, God says to us. We experience God in a unique way through church. That's why we don't get the full Jesus experience if we're outside of church. We don't get the full experience because we experience God in a unique way that is not possible individually. We experience God in a unique way that is not possible individually when we are in church. The passage that we use for this, this is our last point, is Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. Uh, Brian Bell, in a few weeks, is going to be talking more about this passage because he's going to go uh, five or six verses after these. So he's going to break this even more for you. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is why you don't want to miss this series because he's going to talk about these passages. But in Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16, we're going to see why it is that we experience God in a unique way through church. And he gave the apostles, that's one, prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. You can't be built up into everything you are meant to be without those roles being a part of your life. See, I want you to keep, keep that on the screen right there, James. I want you to... In this passage, as you see that part, verses 11 through 16, 
I want you to focus, as I read these paraphrases, what God is telling you. Through church, God leads us, speaks to us, spreads the gospel to expand the family, cares for us, that's the shepherd part, teaches us, and grows us. So just watch again as that's listed there. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. I'm going to read that again. Through church, God leads us, speaks to us, spreads the gospel to expand our family, our church, cares for us, takes care for us. That's emotional, spiritual care. Teaches us and grows us. Wow. That's what you miss out on. That's what you miss out on when church is not part of your life. When you're not invested into the church. And again, you could be part of the church, you could just be missing out on church life. The truth is, there's so much behind what those roles do. Brian Bell, as I said, he's going to talk about this. You don't want to miss it. So I think in two weeks, he's going to talk about what this is. And Pastor Jason next week is going to talk about how this happens through the body, through connecting with others. And then finally, uh, Mark, Dr. Mark is going to talk to us about how the church serves others, how God uses the church to serve, and how we experience, again, God through that. The common denominator to all those messages you're going to hear in this series is how we experience God in a unique way through church. The fullness of Christ experienced at church through all the different aspects of church life. The truth is we cannot become all that God has planned for us if we are not invested in church. We cannot become the person God has called us if we are not in communion with church. God will not reveal everything he has to say to us outside of church. God will not reveal everything he has to say to us outside of the church. I don't know why, but that's how God operates. And you see it in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, over and over again, God wants to say something to a person, and he says, well, I'm going to bring this other believer over here to tell him to it. He does it over and over again, through the church, through the church, through the church. He reveals what he has to say. He reveals his calling for us. Be what you were born to be, but you can only find that in communion. John Piper puts it this way. He says, we find our individuality in our collection." I find my individual calling by being here with the collection. I am equipped to my individual calling by being here with you guys. There's just no other way. I can't be shaped and molded by God into what I'm supposed to be if I don't participate in the venue he has died for in my life. In church life, you will experience God. God will speak to you through the church. That's why prophecy is up there too. And it doesn't mean prophecy has to be weird. Prophecy simply means that sometimes God will answer a prayer to you or shed light into an aspect of your life that you've been praying or thinking about through another believer and you will measurably know it was God. You will measurably know it was God. It's like, wow, that was God. He just answered my prayer. A couple of months ago, a seven year or so prayer was answered in my life here at church because I stepped up. And I was stepping up for healing in my back. And God didn't heal my back. He said, there's something more important. And he had me bawling all day because he had answered a seven-year prayer. If I had not been here, I would have missed that. Praise the Lord. We must praise the Lord by, by investing into church life because God speaks to us through others. 
So here's my two encouragements for you today on how to experience God fully, the fullness of God through church. One, it's, it's two items. Item one, step out in faith. Step out in faith looking for the measurable encounter with God. You will see him manifest, his, you will see his manifest presence and be certain of it. The only way you're going to see that is if you're looking for it. That's stepping out in faith. Well, I have this prayer request. I, I want something to be prayed over my life, but I'm not going to ask others to pray for it. Miss out. Step out in faith. Put yourself vulnerable. That's what family is. It's a little vulnerable sometimes. Step out in faith. Go to that person. Ask for prayer requests. I know Teresa's prayer requests. I know Carlo's prayer requests. I know Carissa's prayer requests. I know JP's prayer requests. I know Jeff's prayer requests. Angelica's prayer requests. Why? Because we're invested into each other's life. Vicky's prayer requests. We were praying for her, for her health. We know our prayer requests. We even send them to each other via messages and on Facebook. We're invested into each other because we see God at work through us, in us. You have to step out in faith. If you just come here every Sunday and you're not invested into someone else, you're going to miss out. Step out in faith. Give a prayer request. Pray for someone. Watch God show up. Watch God show up. Item number two. Step out in faith by stepping out of your comfort zone into true connection. The body is his fullness. Experience his manifest presence through vulnerable connection. Again, not just uh, prayer requests, but also teachability. Listening to my leadership. It said it there, apostles, prophets, evangelists. If I'm not allowing God to shape me through church... I'm missing out on the full God experience. I must step out in faith. It, it, and it requires to be out of your comfort zone. A lot of us are introverts, right? And you don't like doing that. I don't want to talk about my problems. I don't want to, no. But that's how God has selected to do it. And for the introverts that we do have that have done it, they've seen the fruit. And yes, it was hard at first, but then it was life-changing so we have to step out of our comfort zone to connect with others. Church can't be an occasional thing. How we experience all this, if we treat church as trivial or like a man-made institution, that's not the church Jesus died for. So today, just because I want to challenge ourselves to step out of our comfort zones and in faith and to look for the manifest presence of God after church, and we're going to do this fairly often, after the service, excuse me, <laughs> i got to correct myself. After the service, we're going to have prayer partners here. I'm going to have Tara, I'm going to have Jordan and Shandon. They're going to be here after service. And if you have a prayer request, and I know a lot of you do, come up to the front and pray. It's not going to be awkward. The music's already going to be blasting. Dex is going to put the music on. People are going to be walking out to get coffee. You're not going to be on the spotlight. But come up here. Seek prayer. Start to watch the manifest presence of God. You have to step out of your comfort zone, okay? So we're going to have those prayer partners. That's what I'm going to call them because that's what other churches call them. Prayer partners here at the end of service as often as we can. Seek prayer. For anything that you need prayer. If you're praying for something every night, you need to come up here. Pray for it, okay? So as the band comes up, we're going to go ahead and ready our hearts 
both for a life-changing prayer of our perspective about church and for tithes and offerings. So as I pray, I ask that the ushers would also come to the front. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I, I include myself in this. I sometimes clock it in and just show up. I ask, Lord, that you would transform our hearts and minds, that you would renew our minds to, to remember at all times that church is not a building. Church is not an institution, a man-made thing. Church is what you died for. Church is our collection of believers, and we need to be invested into each other to fully experience you. Lord, that today that would be pressed into our hearts, that we need to be invested into our church life so that we can fully experience you, so that you can mold us and shape us, and that we would step out of our comfort zone, step out in faith to seek your manifest presence happening, to know it was you that answered that prayer, to know that it was you that did that healing, to know that it was you that brought people to Christ today. If people are here today that haven't accepted Christ, haven't repented and said, I place my faith in you, that they would come up after service to those prayer partners and also pray for that. I ask, Lord, that you would just transcend the way we think about church and that in the coming weeks we would just fall more in love with this family that we're a part of, that we would fall so in love that it matters more to us than the football games or, that, or the new episodes of the new shows we watch, that this would be the thing we look forward to, meeting with our church, the church we are already a part of. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.